What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of All Things Super. I am one of your hosts, Spider. And with me once again is the right? cheese master, Mr. <laughs> VIP Frank of Washington. How are you doing today, sir? I am infinitely awesome. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Happy to be back again. I feel like it's been a while since we've done this. Been and a long time. Realistically, it's only been like a week and a half. Shouldn't have left you without a dope. That's the number. <laughs> Timberland gonna come and get you. DMCA. Stop. <laughs> I don't want no problems with no people. Take that yeah, man, video. it's your favorite. It's the favorite uh part of the you know YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts from. Right. That's how we do it now. So wherever you get it. your stuff from, this is your favorite part. You click the link, you click the button, you click the thumbnail to see us. Yay. <laughs> that yay sounded so unenthusiastic. What? That was the most passionate yay you heard today. Well, take you're not wrong. I, I, I okay. You're not wrong. <laughs> I don't come across too many on a daily basis, so. Yay. <laughs> But if you didn't know, this is All Things Super, where every week we take a piece of superpower, TV shows, movies, even trailers. We watch them, we react to them, we break them down, we review them, and we ask the question, is it super? Is it? Is it? Super? Maybe. It might be. If you think about it, really, is it, though? Mm, you got to consider it. But if you like that, go ahead, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell so you can be notified when we have new episodes that come out. If you want the audio version of the podcast, just search for All Things Super on your favorite podcast streaming platform. And if you want to follow us on social media, just click the link in the description below. And leave a comment so we can read that thing. Uh, if you follow me on social, anything, I'm sorry. I ain't no telling what you do. <laughs> you know, right now, you can follow me, but I, it's like this show. Anything could go on. Just beware. <laughs> We're, we'll give you that disclaimer. Just know what you're getting now. yourself into. There you go. Don't apologize. You can, always, you can always unfollow. That is true. But that is absolutely true. Exactly. <laughs> How long are you going to let that FOMO him, take control of your life? Ooh, FOMO is real. I've seen him out the block playing basketball. <laughs> playing basketball. <laughs> yeah, it was all in the faces of the people that were standing in line talking about we got next. <laughs> it was missing out. They got, they're yeah, ready, missing they're out. ready. They're ready. But for this episode, we are discussing the first two episodes the brand new Disney Plus show, season two dose. of Loki. Dose. The first like Marvel Disney dose. Plus show to get a second season. Oh, uh, you know what? I know I said this earlier. I'm just going to say it again. Loki here to save the multiverse. <laughs> and the MCU as a whole. He is the new Iron Man. And that's not just me saying that. Mm -hmm. Go back and look at the symbolisms that they put in season one. How he landed in the desert, landed just like Tony Stark. How he, you know, had to redeem himself. He had to look at his life. He had to 
Same thing about Tony Stark. He had the vision about all the Avengers dying. He had to put a suit of armor around the world. Right. So now Loki is trying to protect the multiverse in the sense of, you know, it's the lesser of all evils if it's controlled this way, but maybe different. I mean, he's the god of mischief. If the god of mischief has to be at the end of time, creating timelines, you're going to have a mischievous life. I mean, is he, he, I mean, even though he's still the god of mischief, given the past two seasons of Loki, he hasn't really been incredibly mischievous. I feel like he's been, he's always had this, this, this mantra of being burdened with glorious purpose, right? And Uh so everything that he's been wanting to achieve up to this point. Well, to the point to where we saw in the first season of Loki, where he was basically plucked from the timeline, and now he's working in conjunction with the TVA, and he's finding about the different, you know, timelines and different variants and all this other kind of stuff. And for the most part, I feel like this glorious purpose that he felt that he's been burdened by, I don't know if it was because he saw himself, you know, he saw the life that his, that the life that he would have had you know, on that timeline. And that may have shifted something in him Um, because we know in the first season, uh, he and Sylvie had that conversation. It's like, you know, we're Lokis. Are we just destined to lose? Are we destined to fail at every turn? And I really feel like here in the second season, even though we're only a couple episodes in, we can see a different Loki. Loki. It's, it's, It's almost like this is main character Loki. Like all of the other mm-hmm. Avenger movies and Thor movies, we've gotten like supporting actor Loki, supporting character Loki. But in mm-hmm. this show, even I, and I, I, I'm guessing because it's more now that he's driving the story versus reacting to it. Because in the first season, is basically, oh, well, we don't know if he's playing the TVA just because he's trying to get free. Or if he's playing the TVA because he knows that they're chasing after a variant of him. So he wants to work with the variant. You know, we had all of these unknowns mm-hmm. going into the season. But now here in season two, when we see like at the end of season one, we get the emotional standoff between Loki and Sylvie. Where Sylvie, you know, blasts him through the time door and blasts him back that to the happened. TVA. And... The knowledge that he has about he who remains and what that means for the TVA now that the sacred timeline is all kinds of, you know, fucked up. Now we have a Loki whose objective is to save people, which is not a Loki that we've seen before up to this point. No, we only seen this compassionate side of Loki when he was with his mother. Right. That's when we saw this side, and this side is now on the forefront. Shout out to Tom for being able to, when you said we saw a supporting character, <clears throat> excuse me, when you said you we choked saw up about it already. I'm all worked <laughs> up, fighter. I don't understand why we got here, but we're here because we had some stumbles, MCU. We had a lot of them. We had a lot of stumbles. Yeah, now we're we here. So when we see Loki being vulnerable like this, with again, shout out to Tom for being able to show that. But when you said uh, earlier about we seeing supporting, supporting acting, 
shout out to Tom again for the DNO knowing how to dial it down and then how to turn it on and dial it down and not steal the scene and then you know give your your co-partner a chance an opportunity to have the scene just just mm, you know you just yeah. you want to take time and acknowledge stuff like that so now that he's a driving force again he's he is the linchpin in all of the multiverse saga Doctor Strange is in there somewhere, but you know we'll get to Doctor Strange at a certain point, right? But he's the linchpin. He's the he's who we're gonna follow through this multiversal incursion. How will Jumbo make up words? Because I mean, technically, he was the one that kind of kicked the whole thing off, right? Without without Loki season one, we really wouldn't have this MCU multiverse. No. Well, yes, but no. Right. For those who don't get it at home, King <laughs> was still in control right. of, or he who remains would still be in control of the timeline. So here's the thing, Strider, and I wanted to talk to you about this. Because y'all know we get deep on this show. Right. It's clear that he who remains has a plan, kind of like a backdoor, to ensure that he who remains will remain again and again and again and again and again and again and again, like, you know, Morpheus said. Because that's the way it happens in the sacred timeline. It happens again and again and again and again. Right. Because it's Time is a flat that circle. Way. Yeah. It's scripted that way. So. But you got to think about it. All these certain series of events would have to happen for a king to be, or that king, to be victorious. Right. There's a bunch of them. So how do you make sure that you get back to what you need? I mean, that that little reverter, even though that was the soul of season one and two. So the king, which is obviously going to be reborn, because he's a descendant of Reed Richards. Right. Living in again in, in the canon or the, you know, whatever you want to anchoring a certain point in time in Marvel Comics. They're not getting rid of Reed Richards. So Kane no. is always going to be there. Uh, practical reasons, Reed Richards mean too much to the multiverse than to ever extinguish him. So if that's the storyline, y'all could run with it. It's not going to be a good outcome, I can promise you that. Reed Richards is deemed what? The smartest man in the MCU? If not, he's up there. Yeah. It's him, it's Tony, it's a child of this genius level of intellect. Right. So Kane's coming. He's going to get reborn in time. So I'm saying, this is a question. This is a question I want to ask. Mm-hmm. In his infinite plan of rebirthing himself back to the top, do you think Loki is going to allow him to come back on top or take over? Because we've already seen him win. Season one, when they got to the end of time in the Citadel, he who remains is there. Right. He won already the last multiversal war. 
So he probably won the multiversal war before then. Or before then. This is not the first one. He just ensured because here's the question. When Loki and Sylvie were coming up in the elevator, Sylvie tried to stab he who remains. She tried to cut him or stab him. But he used the time remix switchy thing to get out the way. Right. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Right. So he didn't know she was going to stab him. Did he? No clue. Are you sure? Huh? Unless he... Can you be sure? Unless he got stabbed before. So who's to say this is the first time Sylvie and Loki made it to the end of the Citadel? They could have made it there again. This is wild. I mean, because they they went into the Citadel and and the entire explanation, he who remains was basically, he basically showed them everything that you've said, everything that you've done to get you to this point. I have paved the way for you to do it. And he showed them the script of the thing that they were saying in that moment. So I have no doubts that he knew it was going to happen. He knew that she was going to try to stab him. He knew that she was going to stab him at the at the end, which is why when she plunged the sword into him, he the last thing he said to her was, see you soon, because see he soon. knows what's going to happen. He knows the ramifications of Sylvie killing him as he who remains. But as far as will Loki allow him to get back on top, I don't know if in the show we'll see that happen we'll get to the point to where we get to the multiversal war because i think the multiversal war is going to be where we get the kang dynasty we get secret wars so that'll be then and for whatever combination of superheroes we get at that point i do think that loki may be a part of it because he will be the one avenger i mean essentially yeah but he, he, like you said, he's the linchpin of the whole thing. He's the linchpin of the whole multiverse saga. Because as of right now, what did Doctor Strange say? We, The multiverse is uh, something that we know frightfully little of. Doctor Strange doesn't know anything about the multiverse. Doctor Strange doesn't know anything about variants. You know, he just so happened to be in a, a different universe where he saw, you know, a, a variant of mortal where he was the sorcerer supreme but he was only the sorcerer supreme supreme because they had already had to kill dr strange but he's not knowledgeable of it so somebody has to be able to sort of debrief everybody else on exactly what's going on because even with ant-man ant-man is faced off against ak but it wasn't a multiversal type thing it was sort of a multi-dimensional type thing going into you know the uh the the microverse uh you know and so they didn't have to really deal with variants per se because when he was trying to retrieve the uh the core it wasn't really variants of himself in a multiversal aspect it was more of a feel like a, a psychological dimensional aspect because it wasn't necessarily real, but it was that he was so small and the energy that the core was giving off 
was causing himself to split into different variants of himself. So it's not like he met a, you know, a female Ant-Man or a female Scott Lang or, you know, like Loki has a female Sylvie uh, or a female right. Loki with Sylvie and, you know, different, we saw the different President yeah, Loki, Gator Loki, Loki, Kid Loki, right. So we didn't see all of those different type of variants in, in that sense in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. But there's going to have to be somebody that's there to be able to say, this is what's happening. This is what's going to happen to the timeline. And this is what's going to happen to the universe if we don't stop him. But do I think that he's going to let him be on top sort of to have a, he who remains kind of be at the end of time all over again at the end of the day? No, I don't think they will. I think that it's going to end up being a result that shows different universes converging on each other. And like we were saying, that's how we'll get, you know, 20th century Fox coming into the MCU with fantastic four and X-Men and silver surfer Galactus Deadpool, you know, all of them having them get pulled in some kind of way, you know, with the different universes kind of combining into one. That's how we'll get all of these different characters to be a part of the MCU. And I don't Is think that, that they can allow for? he who remains Is that what we're, to succeed. We're cheering for? So I think so. Successor. I don't think there's going to be a successor. I don't think there's going to be someone who's at the end of time and who's dictating everything. I don't. I think that the end goal is for the universe to move beyond that. Ooh. How better is that? I mean, and if anything, it may be the the end goal for the MCU may be to just operate in different universes instead of bringing, you know, X-Men and everybody down to earth 199999 or 616 or whatever they want to call it. You know, (laughs) I mean, they've called it both. (laughs) So, so whatever you want to call it, instead of bringing all of the, all of the characters into one universe. And then, because I mean, the whole problem with having all of your superheroes in one universe, right? Is okay. We have this big thing going on in New York, you know, Senator six is attacking New York, right? Avengers are based out of New York. Luke Cage, Daredevil, all the defenders are based out of New York. Why is it that Spider-Man is fighting all of these villains by himself, right? You have all these other right. superheroes in New York, even like not even the just the main of main Avengers universe. Yeah. You have all of these people there, but they don't show up. And it begs the question as to why, why don't they show up? But if you have a 616 where Spider-Man is there, you have Earth 1999-99 where the Avengers are based out of New York. You have a uh, Earth 97 where the X-Men are, you know, or just you kind of the way that DC does it with, you know, Earth 1, Earth 2, and all this other kind of stuff. You have different Earths, and you can have maybe a way to dimension hop if you want to do, you know, an ensemble movie, or you just keep them separate. You know, we have an X-Men universe where mutants are already in existence, and they don't necessarily have to, you know, team up with the Avengers until it's absolutely necessary. No, sir, it's all connected. It is all connected, but it's all connected. connected. It's all connected into one 
existence. It's the existence of the MCU. And so now we don't just have the Marvel Cinematic Universe being focused on one universe because right now we're in a multiverse, right? So we're not just focused on one universe anymore. So moving forward, the more characters you introduce, the more crowded your universe is going to get. So if you don't separate it out, then it's just going to be, like I said, you're going to have the questions as to why we have superheroes here now, but they don't show up any other time. Like this is a, 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 a world-ending threat. With the whole thing with the Eternals, you have a celestial coming out of the ocean, right? About to about literally that. destroy we the planet, and make little small it, it's it's that. not mentioned by any other MCU character. Like nobody like says Bruno. anything about it. It's like Bruno. It's like Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's the problem that you run into is because it. No, Spider, you, what, you're, what, you're, what you're explaining is when you have all your toys put away in your toy box, mm-hmm. to have it compartmentalized and everything. What we're talking about is taking that toy box and dumping it over and having all those toys all over the floor. And then what you do you get when you do that? A big fucking mess. And that's what... That's what Disney Plus has been. That's what the MCU is. That's what that's what (laughs) Disney Plus has been for the MCU shows, and I kind of mentioned this before we started recording. The thing about it is, what has come out has been reported that the last after WandaVision and after Loki, after Marvel saw the initial success of those two shows, they Uh got so full of themselves they were like, you know what, we got this. Mm. So. They started producing their shows without a showrunner. They didn't have anybody there to kind of, you know, hold the continuity together. They had nobody there to direct the, you know, direction of the show because all of these different shows, they have different directors every episode, right? So you have these different directors. They have different visions about what the, you know, who the characters are, what direction they want them to go in. You know, one episode, this character is like really intense. The next episode, this character is kind of, you know, sullen and, you know, downtrodden and not very expressive. And because you didn't have anybody to tie it all together. And they also, every time that they felt that something didn't work, it's not that they would do rewrites. They would just do reshoots. They mm. so they would shoot an episode. They look at it like, oh, okay, well this doesn't kind of work right. So let's go back and reshoot it. And so yeah. you have all of these it's things like, like we saw. How Captain America end up on the moon? <laughs> this is how he ended up on the moon. But you get things that are kind of so disjointed because you don't have a concise storyline that they're following, which is what the Infinity Saga did. You know, Kevin Feige had a vision of how he wanted these movies to progress to get up to Infinity War, to get up to Endgame. But now they feel like they're so untouchable at this point to where they think they can just say, oh, okay, well, we have this character. This is their powers. This is their story. Let's go ahead and adapt this into a show. Let's adapt this into a movie. And then they just throw it out there. If something doesn't work, oh, let's just reshoot it. You know, and so we get this kind of mess where we only get six episodes of a show, eight episodes of a show, everything is all over the place. And then on the last episode, they try to throw it all into a bucket and just say, okay, well, now it's done. And so... I think, Swider. Mm-hmm. I think they did it all on purpose. Do you? I think 
after the amazing box office that they had with the combination of Infinity War, Captain Marvel, Endgame, mm-hmm. three, six, you know, billions apiece. Uh, I think they took liberties to not be cocky, but experiment with some things. Literally take their toys and dump them all over the floor. Because if you remember phase one, phase two, by extension, even phase three, before infamous phase four. Right. Marvel wasn't batting a thousand. They still had some flops in those lineups. Yeah. Thor, Thor The Dark World was probably revered as one of the worst, worst MCU movies. Yeah. Ant-Man 1 and Ant-Man 2 did not just, you know, they weren't billion. They were close. They were, they were up there, but they weren't billion-dollar movies. I mean, Captain America, definitely Captain America wasn't a soldier. Iron Man 1, people feel some kind of way about Iron Man 2. Iron Man 3 is probably the weakest one out of the bunch. So those movies weren't doing well. But what happened was you had a sleeper hit in Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. And you did not expect the cultural shift that came out when Black Panther dropped. Chadwick Boseman annihilated that role. So again, outside of outside of the story you were telling, because you ain't had enough faith to pull that in, but it's still alone by itself. Maybe I was Yeah. The, the thing Ryan Coogler uh, shot for. Wakanda Forever 2 still kind of standalones outside of the uh, timeline. Right, because other than what, other than them going and seeing Ross, you know, there's really not much of a connection to the larger MCU. Exactly. Because, I mean, it's even, even with the first one, you didn't really get a larger connection to the MCU until... The post credit scene where we find out that Bucky's in Wakanda. Exactly. But here's the thing. They knew after that big thing, I kid you not, I think the intentions was 100% to put the linchpin in Mr. Chadwick Boseman and his untimely passing was something that they had to adjust with. They had to reshuffle. Business wise. So they didn't have that opportunity. So they were looking for the character that they can continue the story with. But at the same time, it's a great opportunity to introduce you to your new characters. Mm-hmm. So we get Werewolf by Night. We get uh, what's the Moon young Knight, lady? The Blitz Marvel. Uh, oh, no, the Blitz Bloodstone. Uh, oh, Elsa. Marvel. Elsa, yes. Miss Marvel. You get Moon Knight. Who else? We got Echo. Mm-hmm. We got She-Hulk. We got a lot of new characters. We got Scar. We got almost all the young Avengers, at least by name. We got the Wanda's kids. We got Patriot. We got Kate Bishop. Um, we also got uh Elena. And Cassie Lang. Throwing these new did Marvel looks at overall picture. Not really necessarily kind of like Kevin said in the She-Hulk, some will do well, some won't. Right. But overall, they're telling more of a story because it's like, 
we don't really care about these characters. Not saying that they don't, but for the ones that y'all don't like, general public, they probably won't make it once the universe is collide, once the incursions happen. We got to have somebody to take off the board so you can feel the emotional states. But, you know, if you're killing off characters nobody care about, you're going to care about them. Well, Moon Knight probably ain't going to die because he can't die. But characters like Echo, you might, you know, Agatha, you might feel some kind of way. You want to root for them to come back, but they're gone because the villains, the bad people, they ain't really trying to kill off these heroes. <laughs> well, I mean, these heroes make money. Echo's technically a hero. And and Agatha isn't and necessarily a villain either. I mean, that show is still coming out. Everybody can't be a hero. We need villains to make the no. Story I work. I do agree that we do need villains, but I mean, so Loki's crossing over. Loki's not a villain anymore. No, they're not going to let him do anything villainy. He's going to do questionable things that'll make you wonder. If he's going to do it, let's get it again. When we saw Loki cut loose and use his powers, he could have easily grabbed this guy and <laughs> killed him. He could have. Choked him out. But he toyed with him. He played with him. He wasn't even running behind him. He was walking. It's like, come on, Well, <laughs> he did run after him. And I was telling Michelle, I was like, this is the first time I've ever seen I would have never imagined that I would have seen Loki running after someone in pursuit of them. Because that's just not his style. Exactly. But, but like I say, it's a, it's a it's a different Loki. And he's, he's motivated to hurt villains. Right. And, but he's motivated now, like I said, no longer by his own self-interest. Now he has, you know, he's looking at the bigger picture. He's trying to save, you know, existence. He's trying to get back to Sylvie. And so this is something that's really important to him. And so so he's going to chase after X5 or, or, you know, Brad. But one of the things that I enjoy about Loki season two is what one of the lines that we got in the second episode where Loki is talking to Mobius and they're in the automat, they're eating pie. And... Loki admits that, you know, when he led the Chitauri into New York, it wasn't because his ambition was to rule over Earth. That was, you know, Thanos and the other, that was what they wanted, and Loki was the means to an end. What he was doing was that he was just lashing out at Odin and at Thor because he was he was upset he was hurt because you remember the last time we saw loki before the first avengers movie was at the end of thor he was hanging on the bifrost the bifrost broke and he just kind of fell into nothingness and so he never really got his sort of emotions resolved in that moment because he was tired of living in Thor's shadow. He felt like he was ignored by who he thought was his father. He finds out that he's not even as guardian. He's a Yotun. Mm. And he's been lied mm. to his entire life. And so after all of that, you have this big fight with your brother. And he 
want you to, you know, come home, you know, like, you know, come be a part of the family again. And Loki's like, I'm, this is not my family. So he falls out into space and then he comes back and how better to get back at his brother than to destroy the planet that he loves. Right. Mm. So it's not about taking over earth. It's not about subjugating the, the, you know, humans on the planet. It's about destroying something. Yeah. It's about destroying something that Thor cared about and Mm -hmm. being able to hear Loki articulate that it just, and this, this is why, you know, I keep saying that this is not the same Loki that we're used to seeing. And this is just showing you that this is not the same Loki because Loki from Avengers would never admit that, you know, what he was doing was because he felt hurt. You know, it was because he felt lied to and he wanted to get back at the people that hurt him, you know, and this was that that Loki take people's eyes out. Exactly. (laughs) Body body slam them on the table, take their eyes out. You know, he attempted attempted to kill Thor and dropped him in, you know, the uh, the cell. He was like, most people think us gods, but are we immortal? Let's find out. He just dropped him out, not knowing whether or not Thor was going to live or die. But after everything, Ain't even though... Hey, what, I'm so glad you brought that up, because I was thinking mm-hmm. about that exact scene just the other day. That cage was meant for the Hulk. Right. Thor busted out of there. Well, he also had me on there, too. I don't think that cage would have held the Hulk at all. <laughs> I, I mean... But but you think about it because when he hit, when he hit the glass of Mjolnir, it cracked. Right, glass cracked. Didn't open, but it did crack. And then he used all his force to go through the glass. But you also saw that Thor laid Hulk out with Mjolnir too. I seen Hulk get up. I mean, I'm not saying that he wasn't going to get up, but he did knock him down. And here's the thing, so. We know that Nick Fury is a spy of spies and he had Shill build this cage for, is for he, Hulk. Is he at he the was. secret invasions? He I was. don't know. <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about 2012 Nick Fury. We're talking okay. about 2012 Nick Fury, not 2023 when Nick we Fury. Didn't, when we didn't know the Flurkin scratched his eye. Yeah. Okay. Well, we I didn't know it. that he got scratched in the eye by Flurkin. But he was badass then. Yeah. So, but of course, you know, you only have so much knowledge of you know what the hulk is capable of because i don't think that anybody really understands the capacity of the angrier the hulk gets the stronger he gets so you put him in any type of cage he gets frustrated enough yeah he's gonna break out regardless i don't think that the cage was meant as a way to imprison the hulk and the whole drop was a means of trying to kill him i think that the cage was a deterrent to keep Bruce from becoming the Hulk. And because, I mean, the thing about it is if he turned into the Hulk on the helicarrier, there was no way that they were going to get him in the cage anyway. But even if he was in the cage and they dropped him, I think it was just a method of getting him out of the helicarrier without him causing too much destruction. That's what I think the whole purpose of it was for. But the thing about it is that it's it's funny because we saw our Loki, you know, the original Loki, I'll, I'll say, 
kind of go through the whole progression. You know, he got beat uh, in New York, so they brought him back to Asgard. The trolls, well, not the trolls, the Dark Elves came in, end up killing Frigga, and we saw the emotion that Loki showed when he heard that she was killed, right? And we get through all of this, the story arc of him taking Odin's place and acting as if he was Odin and becoming the king of Asgard, <laughs> and, you know, and Thor coming back. And we get the whole thing of them as Carr and their whole relationship and at the beginning of Infinity War. So we have this whole emotional arc for Loki that we see, and we see why at the end of that Loki's life, we see that he's come to terms with being a part of Thor's family. He calls himself Odin's son. He's not Loki, Loki's son, you know. So we see that natural progression as to how he got there. But we see that progression of how he got there. And even though this Loki that we see in the show, he's only he only got to like rewatch all of that happen. But even still at the end of the day, he became this better version of himself or this more, I should say, kinder version of himself. So it just kind of goes to show you that even though he was an asshole, he was murderous, he was, you know, doing all of these villainous things at his core, whether it was a Loki that lives all the way throughout 2023 or, well, 2019, no, 20, because... Yeah, 2019, because they snapped and came back in 2025, I think. So something around that time. But that Loki that we got all the way up to 2019 and how he was emotionally when he was killed by Thanos. And even now we got this Loki that was plucked out of 2012 before he went through all of that. Still at this point, now he's, you know, more emotionally mature and like, more willing to open up to people like him just sitting there talking to Mobius and actually like interested in that conversation asking Mobius you know did you ever think about who you were you know what life you could have had and Mobius like no it never bothered me and Loki was like well you could have had a life like he's trying to express to to Mobius like there are so many things that you possibly could have done that you'll never know if you had the opportunity to do and you might think that that might be like some of part of a regret from loki because he may be thinking now there are so many more things that i could have done with thor with my mom you know i could have lived my life a different way to where i didn't get put into this situation you know, like the, all the different variants. He was President Loki, Kid Loki, you know, all of these other different Lokis lived their lives different ways to bring them to, you know, a certain point. So I'm wondering if at some point Loki is just like, well, what could I have been? Who could I have been had I not been on, you know, so hell bent on trying to prove myself to show that I was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and all that other kind of stuff. So, so it's something that you know. It's definitely interesting, and I'm really looking forward to the rest of this season because, like we talked about with Secret Invasion, how I was saying that Secret Invasion was the only MCU show that I watched that I was not excited going week to week to get to the next episode. I wasn't looking forward to the Ooh, next episode. Wow. You know, we oh, watched wow. it. 
because I'm still interested in where the story is going and what you know they're trying to tell. Don't say wow like you haven't heard me say this already. <laughs> this, this guy here, man. But I, you Don know, Cheeto. Loki. Loki has Samuel brought me back. L. Jackson. I mean, it's not about the actors; it's about the story. If the story's not good, you can have a yeah, whole middle. cast of Academy Award winners. They could be the best Olivia. actors in the game, and it doesn't matter. Because if the story that they're trying to tell is trash, they can expertly expertly act out trash, and the story is still going to be bad. <laughs> the show is still going to be bad. They did it the way they were supposed to. <laughs> it came out like that. Listen, let me go back to what I was saying, Spider. Mm-hmm. I think Marvel's doing this. I think they did it on purpose. I think they said, "We." I don't think it was cockiness. I think it was, we have the ability to take a few L's. Um, because again, how else can you do it? They're not, they're not test running, doing small secret screenings. They're in the real time developing. And when you take all your toys and you pour it out on the floor, guess what happens? You You start to mess. (laughs) That's true. But then you start to clean it up. And it wasn't until someone started cleaning it up when we started to put these things together and understand that Thanos was a, is a threat. Because before, if you ask me, I think there's concepts that the MCU does. Mm-hmm. First concept is to introduce you, not the first movie, not the first thing that they did, because they introduced you to the tech side with Iron Man since they said he's the start of the MCU. Really, it was Howard the Duck, but you could say Blade was well, I mean, the attention. They were the start of Marvel movies, but Iron Man was the start of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's when they sure, started connecting yeah, everything. Yeah, uh-huh. Let's go with that. So before, before the first day, there was a day before. Um, So first they introduced you to the concept was secret soldier serum. Not Captain America, but secret soldier serum. Because Captain America has super soldier serum. Bucky has super soldier serum. And everything after that was from the super so super soldier serum program. Or trying to replicate it or duplicate it, mm-hmm. which is how we got John Walker which is how we got a version of Incredible Hulk, which is She-Hulk, and eventually going to be Red Hulk. But we also got Blonsky, the Abomination. We also got the leader. Right. All that from that Hulk blood. But again, they were trying to replicate, and this is go back in the MCU. They said they were trying to replicate the Super Soldier Serum. So now that we have that concept, then we fast forward to... The stones, infinity stones. So understand that these little stones control reality, time, souls, uh, teleportation, I guess, space of mind. Make it work. Yeah. Sound like uh, Captain Planet. So I mean, you got these, you got these stones. And I want you to know that even if you don't understand any of that, 
just know when you get them all together, you can have your magic wish, kind of like Dragon Balls. You get all the Dragon Balls together, you can wish for whatever you want. This purple grimace-looking guy is after the stones, and he wants half of everybody to go away. Oh, no! What is that? That is an immediate threat. We need to get the Avengers. So now, it's the Avengers. Before that, it was Loki, but, you know, we just talked about Loki. He was lashing out. But the overall bad guy behind Loki was Thanos. Because we wanted to introduce the stones. So basically what I'm saying, what am I saying? Spider, for some saying this, Mr. VIP, thank you, Washington. In that mess, when someone starts to clean it up, then Thor the Dark World don't look that bad because we're referencing that to take you on this journey to make something triumphant. Right? So you're saying so we couldn't that... get there without the mess. We so... have to have the mess. Okay. So you're saying that Avengers Infinity War and Endgame were to clean up the messes of the first three phases? Didn't you see how they started to bring in clean up plot points and timelines and not timelines, plot points and missing threads and I mean, did they though? What what do you think that they closed on? Or what what plot points do you think that they Thor went back to be able to talk to his mother. Right. He had an emotional trauma breakdown that he didn't go for the head the first time. Baggage, he gained weight. Fat Thor. Still powerful Thor is a god, so mm -hmm. you know. The point of what I'm saying, I think they did that intentionally too. To drag heart and emotion from the past movies that we've seen. That we have to deal with some things that are not good. We have to deal with it. Okay, we have that, but we're gonna reference it. Acknowledge it, and we're going to move on. Dun, triumph. Dun, da, da, da. So they'll reference Moon Knight. They might reference the obscurity of a big crocodile lady standing up about the size of a pyramid eating souls. Moon Knight did not save the day at all in his own show. Which no, he really did. So they may reference that, just like in, in, in uh, what Endgame, how they reference Scott calling Captain America Cap when Hope called Captain Cap. Small little little reference. Right. But if you didn't see the Ant-Man, then you would have missed it. But were they the best movies at the point in time? Uh -uh. Over time, they kind of weaved it in. And I think it worked before. I think it's going to work again. You'll see. You'll see right now with this show, Loki, how they're going to start because they have Carte Blanche. They can go anywhere in time, talk to anyone they need to talk to, and pull out essentially everything that they want to do before the soft reset. So do you genius, think, man? Do you think that at some point throughout Loki, we're going well season two of Loki, we're going to get Loki or someone from the TVA going talk to an earlier version of uh, some Avenger that we've seen or a future version of some Avenger that we've seen? 
Now, I don't work at Marvel Spider, so I want you to know I can't be absolutely. I think that if you did, we wouldn't this. be doing this podcast. I would be fired immediately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will say this. I think it all depends on real life situations. Mm-hmm. Here's why. We already seen that of recent, for those who don't know, here's a real spoiler, that they're taking Daredevil down from its release because they want to work on the show. So in having all these toys on the floor, like you said, it's going to have to get to a point you can't really do solo movies anymore. You can't really do origins without... It's kind of like The Boys. You remember we talked about The Boys? Like, Gen V and Diabol- De- Diabolical. Diabolical. It's all in the same Boys universe. You still see the same promotions. The Turbo Rush drink. The Lady Maeve lasagna. Um, because it's, 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 all encom- it's all connected. So Marvel is going to have to get to a point that it's like that, that you're watching somebody else's show, maybe Jessica Jones, and Spider-Man swings by. Well, don't you think no, that we've already... They still don't have those rights. But... Don't you think we've already gotten that with Miss Marvel? Because it's firmly planted in the MCU to where it's a TV show and it's referencing movie characters. So we we get Kamala, and she's the biggest Miss Marvel fan to the point to where she goes to, you know, an Avengers convention. So where you have other, you know, people dressed up as different Avengers superheroes. So we're firmly living in the MCU in this universe where other characters are being referenced. So, I mean, as far as... But didn't they say Miss Marvel is going to be a linchpin going forward into this? Uh, isn't that the reason why they made her a mutant? So she could be the first. No, she's not the first. She's not the first. And I mean, because. Technically, uh, Namor is older than her. I don't know. And that, like, that's what I was saying. That's how. I don't know how they're going to move forward with introducing mutants. Introducing the X-Men and the rest of the their types of mutants into the MCU because now we have Kamala is technically a mutant. Namor has said that he was a mutant. And so how do we because again, going back to, you know, everything that's been happening in New York, the things that happened in California, you know, everything that's been happening all over the world. And if you have an existence where mutants are in the general public, you mean to tell me that not one single mutant had the inkling to say, I have powers, I can do something about this. You know, like not one of them wants to stand up and be a hero. And oh, so, well, well, what I'm saying is that for the MCU to just go and say, oh, well, mutants have always been here it begs the explanation as to, well, why haven't we seen anybody? Because we, if anybody's read any X-Men comics, they watch any of the X-Men shows, seen X-Men movies, you have mutants that have physical deformities. You have mutants that are different mm-hmm. colors. You have mutants mm-hmm. that, you know, have extra appendages, have tails, you know? So 
Look like these... Rick and Morty over there. <laughs> but these <laughs> these types of mutants would not be able to go out in the general public and not have a spectacle be made of them or some type of report like oh well there's you know especially after the alien invasion of new york you see a mutant you see uh kurt vonner night uh nightcrawler walking around somewhere somebody sees a blue person with a tail they might think okay well this is another alien are we being invaded again you know and well, the scrolls exactly i mean i don't that's you know, I'm, I'm not going back there. I, I'm not. But in the sense, it kind of does play into that too, because at the end of Secret Invasion, the reaction from the general public to just start, you know, flat out killing people in the streets, that that could be, you know, you had the, the Chitauri invasion in 2012. You had the invasion of Thanos in 2018 and the snap and the erasure of half of the universe. So people are shell-shocked right now. And so they see an alien and they're like, okay, well, I have to do something because I don't want everything that's happened already to happen again. And I mean, even with the Dark Elves and Thor of the Dark World, they were, you know, flying through london and you know there was a whole bunch of shit yeah. that went on there that also never got talked about you know there was there was never any other easter eggs like in other different movies where we saw easter eggs and she hulk about you know tm you know coming out of the ocean and everything but there was never any type of easter eggs saying you know there was uh, there were lit, clear physical like wormholes in london where you could peer into different realms realms <laughs> and nobody wrote an article about that nobody said anything about that you had a literal dark elf ship like crashing into the whatever monument want, or really university where there what happened to that big lizard thing that was running around at the end of the movie was that the frost beast yeah it was a frost beast it then the the explanation London. The explanation of that was that that's the um, that's where they got the DNA in Secret Invasion from that frost beast. So apparently, Shield captured that frost beast at, at Harvard. I don't know if they killed it, but I know they harvested its DNA. I but I mean, under the direction of Nick Fury, I seriously doubt that they would kill it because he might try to figure out a way to use it as a weapon. We all know who Nick Fury was. Notice what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, before we, we I think they got a plan, though, Spider. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doubting that at all. I think Loki is the the pin that's going to start to weed through these little storylines, and it's all going to make. It's not going to be picture perfect. It's not going to be tied up nicely and done neatly. There'll still be unanswered questions and five threads, but they'll get to that in like phase nine. I don't know. I think that we're not going to start getting all of these storylines pulled together until. No, what did they just coming off the strike? They just again, they could, it's going to take time because they want. No, I'm not saying that. Not, I'm not saying they want to do it right. Take That's forever. Why they cancel Daredevil. Because they want to do it right, right? So they want to. Now they do. They they were concerned no. about that like a year ago. So it was under a different direction. 
It's a different regime. But the same regime? I don't know. From what I understand, I, I, I don't know. The orders were given, and then it was like a pipe bomb. It's like, you do this. And then they left. <laughs> and then they started doing what you said. And then the person that was there got the blame. And then you came back and, like, what? What are y'all doing? Don't do that. Stop doing that. What you said, shut up. I'm here to save everybody. It's not like Sinestro. Not Sinestro Syndra. What's one on Incredibles? It was Syndrome. Yeah, him. That's what's happening right now. You've been Syndrome. <laughs> Even though that makes a connection. But anyway, we've been talking mo- more Disney. about the MCU. <laughs> yeah, but still. But what did you think? What did you think about the first two episodes of Loki? Hey man, Loki is here to save the MCU. I'm here for it. It's the best thing on Disney Plus right now. (laughs) Best. I don't know. I didn't watch anything else on Disney Plus. (laughs) Loki. Loki is the only thing that is worth watching right now. It's it's making sense. It's good writing. Mm -hmm. Visuals have always been impeccable. This it looks like it's out of time yet and still old-fashioned like come on man it it looks like industrial factory working typewriter just you gotta walk this letter all the way down to acquisitions you can't right. even just you send know an email I mean? it's like yeah what don't exist <laughs> so we've also thinking about it. we've also gotten New characters. We got OB, we got Ouroboros, played by Kiwi Kwan. We've gotten X5, we got General Docs. We have more uh kind of a more fleshed out personality for B15 now. And we're gonna get more Renslayer no. later on in the in the season. But how do you feel about the introduction of the new characters and the role, you know, that some of the the, the older characters because we we're even getting more from Mobius now. You know, because before we had Loki, he was just basically kind of going after Sylvie. So after a certain point, it was really just the two of them. But we're getting Mobius more involved. We're getting Casey more involved, you know. I was and... about to say that. Casey a little tech genius. Y'all was sleeping on Casey. <laughs> they didn't want to give Casey the credit. Leaking the ink. Right. But what? Do you, how do you feel about the, the, the addition of the new characters and the, the expanded role that some of our older characters are getting? It's world building. You can't you can't have a successful show without doing that world building. And I wouldn't be surprised if we get more back. So I see this is why you can't do six, eight episodes. You got to do like real seasons because you can get that uh backstory of what Casey life was like before you joined the TVA or what B fifteen life was. Look at all the crew and figure out what well, you know the main characters that we involved with and see what their lives were before the TVA's. Because the TVA is the bad guy here, but yet and still, because of all that, what we just said, out of date, out of time instruments, there's not new thinking. The multiverse is in the flux. It's right. all over the place. Because what it is, the, the gen, the generator, whatever it is, the little things that take the chaos of the multiverse and incorporates it into the sacred. Oh, timeline. the the loom, the loom. Yeah, you do it. What? Why you ain't? You should have put it in the comments. You, <laughs> you seem to struggle. 
uh, the loom, right? Can't handle that. So OB is trying to make moderations or a better loom. That will be the only other answer, a big enough loom to handle all of the multiversal potential nexus events that takes you off your timeline or makes a new multiverse. That tech don't exist. So these branches got to be pruned so the sacred timeline can exist. So that's the responsibility of the TVA. But yet and still, each timeline is billions, if not trillions of lives. Right. So it's one of those paradoxes. It's, it's, you, you're darned if you do and you're darned if you don't. What do you do? That's what makes the show Chef's Kiss. Because it's not just about punching. It's not just about shooting arrows or stabby stabby. It's about what do we do? Because if we don't prune these timelines, we could lose everything. And he who remains even said that. Said, I've tried them all. This is the best case scenario. And now you're seeing these things play out. Because it's like, lose it all or it's an incursion. You either lose one world or lose both of them. Who so wrote that? That's horrible. <laughs> here's, here's my question. So we get that from He Who Remains that said that this is the best possible outcome. This is the best way oh, to do these things. Lying, huh? Well, I'm not lying in the sense that he wasn't being entirely truthful. It may have been the best. It may have been the best outcome, but what if it was just the best outcome for only him, to where he mm. could control the sacred timeline, so he didn't have to deal with his variants. Which brings me back to the question that I asked you before about him having a plan beyond the plan. Mm -hmm. Clearly, he does. And Ravona Renslayer is involved. Right. We have to find out exactly how. But I'm not going to ask the question because we're only two episodes in. And I would like to save this question for the end of the season. Because like how many I said... I mean, how many episodes did they get? That is a, like they did us the first season? Good question. Yeah, I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah. But, no, just like I was saying with Gen V, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say that the, the show is super. And then it comes to the end, and we get those last couple oh, of episodes. Yeah, I understand what you said. Yeah, yeah, you know they can. Hey, this is Disney Plus. They have botched endings before. So we are going yeah. to get six more episodes. Mm. So it's eight episodes. No, I'm well. Six more episodes in season two, so it's going to be a total of twelve episodes across the two seasons. Oh, 
So it's a oh. it's six episodes for this season as well. Oh. But but the thing about it is, they did it well in season one. Even though it was six episodes, it was still there's more. There's more going on now. The first season was Discovery, right? The second season, we're taking action. So there's more going. You needed the twelve episode. Oh, we weren't going to get 12 episodes. I can tell you that right now. Listen, this is Disney and Marvel. They can afford time. It's not about them not being able to afford time. We already know that they're not paying actors, so of course they could afford it. But strike's over, baby. Go. No, the writers, to go back to work. the writers' strike is over. The actors are still on strike. Now, isn't this interesting? I'm not be speaking out of context because I'm not a writer or striker or an activist or an actor. But isn't it interesting how the writers went on strike, then the actors followed to show support, and then it's like, wait a minute, we could get in on this too. But the actors were already paid very well. Not very, necessarily. Very well. Not no, all of them. No, because you have a lot of a lot of gig actors, and what the thing about it is, and one of the biggest reasons that that one of the biggest reasons that they are striking is because these movie studios are now talking about they want to take digital copies of these actors mm. and own licenses to those digital copies mm. to where they can use them from here in perpetuity without any compensation oh. to the actors. Well, see, I did not know that at all. Yeah, that's definitely a strike. I I want to be an actor now so I can strike against that. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't remember which actor that's, that said it, but it's it's basically like, you know, you have beliefs, you have morals of things that you absolutely will not do. do. Right. And they, your, they take likeness, that, they take use your things. likeness, they'll make you do things that you wouldn't do, make you say things that you wouldn't say. And technology advances enough you may not be able to distinguish the AI versus the actual person. So, you Dave know. Dave Chappelle called it long time ago <laughs> when he did the skit on R. Kelly. He said that was digital urine. <laughs> that, ain't even, that ain't even happening. <laughs> Dave Chappelle ahead of his time. <laughs> he they, they, They've said that plenty of times that he was ahead of his time. But, um, but yeah, but like I said, I'm not going to call it because we only got six episodes and as so much faith as I have in the show, I will still hold reservations because... That's the ending right there. That's the ending. I'm watching it. <laughs> MCU still has the propensity to kind of drop the ball in the last episode. Mm. So holding, holding, holding my opinions on what I think about the show as a whole on whether it's super or not. I don't know if you feel the same way. You know what? I'm going to be honest. It's not fair to uh, give it a partial super. I don't know if we ever gave anything a partial anything. Well, so, no. we when we did Moon Knight, we did rank each episode as whether it was super or not. And I think we did the same for Miss Marvel as well. Um, but no, like you, like you said, no, 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 no. That's not what we're doing here. Because it, one of the things that you said, and I believe... I can't remember. It might have been Secret Invasion. Um, what you said is that you get the first two episodes even, you know, we we still got these first two episodes weekly. But, oh, you said it about Gen V. You get the first three episodes, you give the audience that taste 
of what the show is going to be about. The first episode, you get the introduction. Second episode, you get conflict. Third episode, you start getting into the details of what's going to happen throughout the rest of the season. So you have a good idea of where you're going, what direction you're going to go into. And like you said, you can't say whether the show is going to be super or not the entire season off those first three episodes because they have the ability to be able to elevate what they've already shown or they have the ability, like we said, to kind of drop the ball and not stick the landing for the for the um, for the end of the season. So I think that moving forward, when we're doing these weekly reviews on shows, if it's not something like diabolical, that's, you know, anthological, where every episode is kind of standalone by itself. I heard somebody use that big word. <laughs> but um, I think that, yeah, these, these shows where it's a full season, full season, six episodes. But when we know that there's an overarching story that we want to tell, I don't think we'll, we'll rank it as super for each episode. I think when we get to the end of the season, we'll talk about, you know, which episodes may have been better than the other ones, but then we'll give the overall season a grade of super or not super. Come closer to the screen. Come, come close. Come, look, look this way. That's more of a drop in the ball right there. <laughs> <laughs> they drop it right, right at the goal line. Fumble the ball. Fumble they know the how ball. to do it. They'll do it to you. They've done Don't it. Think that they won't do it. I feel yeah. like they've done it more often than they haven't. All of phase four. <laughs> Not all of phase four, because I mean okay. WandaVision and Loki was still part of phase four. Thank heavens for that. Thank <laughs> Odin for that. It, it wasn't all bad. It wasn't all bad. Wasn't all good either. It wasn't all good. It definitely wasn't all good. Wasn't, but, it definitely wasn't all super. I can tell you that. <laughs> all right. We already have plenty of episodes talking about all of the other films and TV shows in Phase 4, but if you want to take a look at those, you can check those out as well. But let, you, let us know what you thought about the first couple of episodes of Loki and follow us along as we go Who's through this deuce? journey of reviewing season two but let us know what you thought about the episodes let us know what you thought about this episode and just remember if you like to go ahead hit the like button subscribe to the do channel that. hit the bell so do you can be notified too. when we have new episodes that come out if you want the audio Definitely version of the podcast just search for all things super on your favorite podcast streaming platform yeah. and if you want to follow us on social media just go ahead and click that link in the description below uh i'm sorry <laughs> I told you, if you guys follow me, I'm going to tell them what you go see. So just come with an open mind and a sense of humor. Perfect disclaimer. I'm on that thing. I'm on it. You want something? Pause. <laughs> <laughs> heard it when I said it got it back to me and edit. <laughs> edit we got to wow. reshoots. We got to send it back for a reshoot. Rewind there it. There you go. Gotta reshoot That's it. the MCU way. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you That's all. That's why you shouldn't follow me at all. <laughs> that, that's a good right indication. There. <laughs> there you go. But thank you all so much for joining us this episode. We appreciate all the love and support. And we will be back for the next one. But remember, until then... He being super.